This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hey, is this Nicole Byer? Hi, it is. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Sorry for running late. I over slept. <laughs> it's okay to sleep. You got to sleep. Listen, this is what is time these days? Time means what nothing. What is it? Who knows? I don't know what day this is. Me either. Yeah, last night I was like, what weekday is tomorrow? I was <laughs> no, what was I saying? I was like, what is tomorrow called? <laughs> I do this thing every day around two or three. I play this lovely game called, did I brush my teeth today? Oh, I've been playing did I shower for the last maybe two weeks. And (laughs) the answer is I didn't. And I don't know the last time I did. (laughs) You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Sam Sanders. And today I'm bringing back a conversation I had with comedian Nicole Byer. Since our chat last summer, she has been making history. Nicole was the first black woman to get an Emmy nomination in the reality host category. And she's been nominated for three Emmys altogether. Nicole also has an hour-long stand-up special coming to Netflix later this year. So in this chat, Nicole and I are going to talk about her latest book. It's called Hashtag Very Fat, Hashtag Very Brave. The Fat Girl's Guide to Being Hashtag Brave and Not a Dejected Melancholy Down in the Dumps Weeping Fat Girl in a Bikini. I know. Talk about a good book title. So Nicole and I will talk about what it was like taking hundreds of photos in a bikini for this book and how doing that helped her accept her body as it is. We will also talk about Nicole's complicated relationship with Christianity and that one time she worked at Lane Bryant. We'll also go deep into radical acceptance, a topic I truly love. One thing to note, you're going to hear a lot of bleeps in this episode. All right. Enjoy. So I have to thank you for doing my podcast because you are busy a lot of the time with other podcasts. You're like this podcast legend. You have what you host four at a certain point. No, it was six. How five. many? Oh my god! Five. I also called you a like we were friends. I'm so sorry. We are friends. We are. <laughs> that means now we have to be friends because you called. It me was this. so familiar. Usually I don't do like that. You know, I charm. What can I say? <laughs> you got a bunch of podcasts. How do you keep up? Yeah. Five. Uh, I mean, when I was busier, it was easier. Hmm. But now everyone has time. Nobody wants to stack episodes. So I'm recording <laughs> multiple days a week. But I guess that's good to stay busy. I don't know. Are we all going to die? At some point, yes. Uh, hopefully not all this year. Hmm. But who can tell? Who knows anymore? Who knows? This is wild. Pier one's going out of business. I can't handle it. Wait, Pier one, too? Yeah, Pier 1. But here's the thing. Uh-huh. There's no good sales. The <laughs> accent chairs are still $300. This is not a sale. Bring it down. Or oh I'll buy stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, speaking of things to buy, I'm holding your book in my hand. Ooh. Uh, I love how you, like, channeled, I think, Lil' Kim for the cover, Hell yeah, huh? dude. Yeah, that's Lil' Kim. I, I love it. grew up loving Lil' Kim. Still do. We all did. I love her so much. And um, yeah, I was like, why not do it? Kind of like came together. It wasn't intentional. 
So like mm-hmm. I had the wig, I had the fur coat, I had the purple bathing suit, I had the purple stripper shoes, I had the purple sunglasses. You say it so casually. I just had all of these things, as one does. <laughs> I did. I literally had every, every like every. I didn't go out and buy anything. And then okay. I like threw them all in a bag and I was like, I think all this purple will look good together. And then I put it on. And I was like, I'm Little Kim. <laughs> it was yes. very exciting. Yes. I love it. This book is called Hashtag Very Fat, Hashtag Very Brave, The Fat Girl's Guide to Being Brave and Not a Dejected, Melancholy Down in the Dumps, <laughs> Weeping Fat Girl in a Bikini. It is Come a through with that title. title. Tell folks who don't have it yet what's in the book. So I was talking to somebody else about it and I was like, I don't think I've seen a book like the one I wrote. It's a, it's strange. It's hard to describe. It's a coffee table book with pictures, but then the pictures all have captions. And then there is some very few like narratives in it. So like there's a couple stories about like me buying my first bathing suit or buying my first bikini or whatever. And then some tips to deal with the world. And I mean, like you buried the lead here. Every photo is. You in a bathing suit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every photo is me in a bikini. <laughs> and there's yes. like a hundred pictures or so. So a hundred oh, so, okay. different yes. bikinis. My two favorite, there's one of you outside of an In-N-Out, <laughs> like in the bikini with the fur coat, eating an In-N-Out burger like a boss. <laughs> then there's this other one you have where it's you in a bikini pointing at a photo hung on the wall of you in a bikini. <laughs> Uh huh. All right, time for a break. When we come back, Nicole Byer tells us what it was like to shoot all those bikini photos and what she learned from it. All right, BRB. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Here's a familiar situation. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Dive into the chilling new Hulu original series, Under the Bridge, the riveting adaptation of the acclaimed true crime book. Based on shocking true events, Under the Bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. Go deep into the hidden world of the town's tormented teenagers as detectives race to solve the sinister crime. Starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone, Under the Bridge is now streaming with new episodes Wednesdays, only on Hulu. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how her team makes an impact. We always do what we like to think of as actionable science. So, 
The work that we do makes its way to things like nutrition and physical activity guidelines for cancer.org, where millions of people come each year to learn about how they can better prevent cancer. To learn more, go to cancer.org. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. What was so like you wrote in the book that like because you only had a few days to do this on a low budget, a lot of times you were going from site to site, literally changing bikinis on the side of the road. Uh Like how was the experience of being in a bikini for days on end and changing here and there and going here and there. How was it with just people in the world? What was the general reaction to you doing these photo shoots? Uh, Women mostly were like, they would look and then go about their day because like, whatever. Um, (laughs) Or they would say, you look good. And it was nice. Men, honestly, I learned this. Men look at women like they have never seen a woman before. They don't know what it is. (laughs) They don't know if they'll ever see it again. It doesn't matter how big or small this woman is. They just need to know what this woman is. Uh, At Palm Springs, we were at the Parker Palm Hotel, and this man was, like, with his wife. And I was like, you have your own business to mind. But sure enough, this nosy-ass man was in my business and was like, looking, oh, yeah, you're hot. Look at that. And I was like, talk to your wife. Leave me alone. (sighs) This isn't for you. I think also men, not to generalize men, but I think a lot of men seem to think that women only exist for their pleasure, which Mm -hmm. is crazy because, like, I don't even know you, you know? Yeah, you're wearing the bikini for you and for your book to make your money. Hell yeah, I did. Gotta make my cash. Come on. And, like, what is the biggest nugget or takeaway that you want readers of this book to come away with? Um, I guess... Like, I I don't consider myself body positive because I feel like body positivity is such a a weird word. I don't know. It's like, I don't think you need, because I don't think you need to be positive about your body. Because you you could just, you could be like, I don't like this body that I have, but I'm going to change it. And then that's like a journey for you. Go ahead and do that. But if you like your body the way it is and you don't want to lose weight or you then that's fine too. I just think it's just like, everyone just be chill about your body. I think it's like maybe body (laughs) acceptance. I don't know. I just, I hate that there's a name for like not hating a part of who you are. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's insane. Yeah. That there's a word for it. Like it's just. We should all just be like, oh, this is a body I got. Okay. That's it. Like I don't, it's weird when people are like, Nicole, you're so body positive. And I'm like, no, I just don't hate the body I'm in because the world is already really hard. Like imagine being inside for months on end and then looking in the mirror and being like, I hate it. Like, no, (laughs) no, that's insane. I'm inside and I'm like, whatever, this is my body and I'm going to do what I want. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. You write in the book that one of the last hurdles for you when it came to accepting your own body was bathing suits. And you tell a few stories of, you know, how you got over your like fear of the bathing suit, fear of the bikini. Yeah. So does that mean that releasing a book like this with literally hundreds of photos of you in bikinis, does that mean that you feel that journey is complete? Or is it one of those journeys that never really ends? No, the journey is so fully complete. Like, Okay. It wasn't that, like, I wasn't wearing bikinis for my body and, like, my head and me. I wasn't wearing bikinis because I was like, nobody else wants to see this. And then I got to Mm. a place where I'm like, who 
cares what anybody else wants to see. If they don't want to <laughs> see it, they can turn their head and mind their own business. So it was mm. me being like, oh, I literally don't care what this person on the street thinks of me. I'm going to do me. Because I do that in every other facet of my life. So, like, that's what it is. That's, you do know what I'm it's hard to explain, yeah. but like, it's just like not letting outside people determine how you feel about what you have. Yeah. And I like how you unpack that in a few stories about like your journey with the bikini. Like, I'm mm -hmm. thinking about you talking about the club in New Jersey called Paradise mm -hmm. or the trip to Palm Springs where you only packed bikinis. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of want you to tell one of those stories, if you will, briefly for our sure. listeners. Sure. Um, well,. So we went to Paradise, me and my best friend, Nick, like a club, a gay club, one of my favorite ones in Jersey. And we were going back to his mom's house because his mom is out of town and she's got a pool and it was summer. So Nick was hooking up with whoever and there was another guy there. Don't remember his name. And I was like, I don't have a bathing suit, but I want to get in the water. And then I was like, underwear is kind of a bikini. So then I just like stripped down, dove in and was like, yeah. I got what I wanted. I wanted to be wet. I wanted to be in the pool. I <laughs> yeah. wanted to swim. Yeah. Who cares what this other person wants? If they don't want to look at me, they can leave. If they want to look at me, they can look. If they want to get in the pool, they can get in the pool. And he got in with me. Um, but then I was like drunk. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it was just like drunk, <laughs> drunken bravery, if you will. Um, and then Palm Springs. Uh, so Mar my friend Marcy and I were going to Palm Springs to write and I was like, Marcy, I'm only bringing bikinis because I don't know nobody in Palm Springs. So like nobody will have to see my body that I know, which was an insane thought. But I was just like, if a friend sees my body, what will they think of me? And the, the thing is, they'll think nothing. That's your friend. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we go and I was like, Marcy, I'm also going to use the hashtag very fat, very brave. Cause like everyone keeps saying that like fat women are brave in bikinis. And we like laughed about that. And then, uh, at the pool, I was wearing my bikini. We were laying out and this like old man with a family, he like looked over at me and like couldn't stop staring. So I looked at him and I was like, daddy, do you like what you see? And then he <laughs> didn't like that and wouldn't look at me ever again. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that worked. Um, I didn't write that. That is a little exclusive. I didn't write that in the book, but um, you heard yeah. it here first, listeners. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then Marcy was just like, "Who is she? Who is this girl sitting next to me?" And I was like, "I don't know, a brave woman." Time for one more break. Coming up, the Lane Bryant experience and the gospel according to Nicole Byer. Brb. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing, backpacking, and another outdoor thing that rhymes with backpacking. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways you can opt outside. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit their website to get a quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. Then just choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares why accessibility is central to Betterment's mission. The real innovation for Betterment was taking a set of tools that were used by the ultra-wealthy and making them accessible to the average investor. And that includes tax strategies. That includes dollar-cost averaging. These are all sort of tricks of the trade. Learn more about automated investing technology at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast. I was thinking a lot going through the book about the, you know, this idea of just like accepting yourself no matter what it is, you know, being real about your body and, 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 and the body you're in. It's this kind of radical acceptance that feels, it feels bigger than just like a rational thought, right? Like it's, it's, it's almost spiritual and it's almost like, I don't know. It's not, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. Like it's more than just body work. It's like soul work. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's also here. about being peace, like at peace with yourself. Like I watched my mother diet from like the whole time I knew her. I knew her for mm. 16 years and my earliest memories of her are filling up a Weight Watchers water container and going for a walk with her friend, uh, Angela down the street. And then my mom mm-hmm. being like, Oh, I have enough points for this. I have enough points for this. I don't have enough points for that. And I'm like, that's one of my earliest memories of my mother dieting. And not mm. to say that she made a mistake or she was like bad, but like, that's the culture that she grew up with. And she was only doing what she knew she should be doing. But like it had, maybe if she was okay with the way she looked, maybe she mm. could have lost weight because it wasn't about pleasing other people. It comes from the inside. Well, and like yeah. also hearing you talk about this, like for me, a lot of acceptance issues I've had to resolve with myself around weight, race, whatever, sexuality, etc. For me, it was a, it was it, like it felt like almost two phases of my life. Like I grew mm-hmm. up very religious in a Pentecostal church, son of the church organist. And I didn't realize until several years into adulthood, like growing up like that, in a church like that, your entire notion of love and acceptance is built on rules. You follow mm-hmm. these rules, you get these things. God has written these rules for you. The Bible says do this, and you only succeed and get love if you follow the rules the right mm-hmm. way. And I had to unpack a lot of that through a lot of work and a lot of money spent on therapy to move towards this version and vision of the world that was just rooted more in love and kindness and acceptance. And yeah. like, screw arbitrary rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also grew up in the church and... I have issues with organized religion in the church okay. because a lot of the Bible is rooted in God is a jealous God. 
God uh-huh. is a vengeful God, but and God like loves petty. you. And you're like, wait yeah. a minute. So this man or this this entity will strike me dead if I disobey him, but he loves me? Well, this, yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean yeah. he loves me? Yeah. So yeah, it's a confusing message, I think. So what kind of church did you grow up in, if you don't mind uh, me Baptist. Asking? Okay, Black Baptist. Yeah. Okay. Do you miss it ever? Um, you know, <laughs> I don't... That's a tough question. Like, okay, so... I guess I miss the people from the church or whatever. I do not miss waking up so early to go to Sunday school at nine and then to have service start at 11 and then not get out till two or three Mm -hmm. if he's really feeling the Holy Ghost. And And then then, got to eat food with all them after that. Yes. Then you have to eat food and then it's five, six PM and you're like, I spent the day in one building (laughs) and I couldn't do anything else and I had to pay for it. So uh-huh. I just, I feel like 10% of your earnings going to the church is an insane thing to ask. Like, that's how much I pay my agent and yeah. my manager. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they and get me work. jobs. So like, <laughs> what tangible thing is the church doing for me? Getting back to this, like, you know, moving away from this ideology of rules to an ideology of acceptance. How did you get there? Did it just happen on your own, in your own heart and mind, or did you have help? Was it was there therapy? To Were like, there books? What was it? To like get to my own bodily acceptance? To uh, get to, well, yeah, yeah. Well, so I was fat my whole dang life. Um, okay. But I've always just worn whatever I wanted, and I... I wear fun things and I like to wear skin tight things because I just, I like the way it looks on me. Um, Mm. Truly the only hang up that I had because when I worked, I worked at a store called, I call it Lame Giant, but it's called Lane Bryant. Oh, Lane Bryant. Oh, I Uh know Lane Bryant well because my mama made my brother and I accompany her uh, Mm -hmm. all the time and she'd make us hold her big old Dooney and Burke purse while she Uh, shopped in Lane Bryant for hours. Love me a Dooney. But uh, when I worked there, I would always wear all these outfits were like skin tight. And one day my boss, this woman who looked identical to Shrek, Judith, was like, um, I use her real name because she was so rude to me several times. But so Shrek waddled over to me and and it sounds like I'm being fat phobic, but like. Some fat people waddle, and that's okay. So she waddled <laughs> over to me, fee-fi-fo-fum, and <laughs> now I'm just being so rude. And she was like, Nicole, uh, we got to talk about the way you're dressed. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I mean, your boots aren't in season. And I was like, everyone wears boots Oop. like this. And she was like, yeah. well, I mean, maybe your clothes are also a little too tight. And I said, what, you, what? what is this? I was like, you can't see anything. I'm wearing a turtleneck. She was like, yeah, but I can see like your bra through it. It's just, it's too tight and it's unsightly. But like, it was just like, you're telling me I can't show what my body looks like at a store catered for fat people. It's FUBU for us, by us. It's literally for the fats. <laughs> and you're telling me this fat can't be as fat as possible in this skin tight outfit? I hated yeah. Judith. She was literally Satan. <laughs> petty, petty, petty to my death. Petty, petty. Yeah. You know, reading this book, talking to you now, it seems like you're really confident in what you believe and what you feel certain about. And you're someone who speaks your truth. Are there still things you feel uncertain about that you're still working through that, you know, might be in the next book? Um, I mean, not body-wise. 
but okay. maybe like I don't know before every stand-up show I kind of get in my head and I'm like well these people like it am I funny will this be the day that I'm not funny anymore because there's that happens to a lot of comics and you can see it in their specials that like they were funny at one point they came back and to do a special weren't. and then they weren't funny I worry about getting to a point in my career where nobody tells me no or criticizes mm. me uh, mm. like you think that like Lindsay Lohan got out of control by herself no <laughs> No, she just had a bunch of people around her being like, yes, queen, go Uh to that club. Yes, queen, you're not that drunk. Yes, queen, drive your car. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's like people don't take care of you and they let you just run around and do whatever. So I just I try to keep it chill and grounded. And I don't know. I'm into that. Chill and grounded. I am. The thing that I take away the most from the book is that like. Your message of just like accepting your body, damn it. It yeah. feels like this big truth and it's almost like, I don't know, it, it, it feels, it's like, I don't know, like the gospel according to Nicole Byer. And especially talking with you about church now, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. if Nicole Byer had to make a church right now, what would the gospel according to Nicole Byer be? What's the first sermon? It would truly just be like, love yourself. Like, really just, I started doing therapy a couple years ago and my ther- my therapist was like, why do you want to do therapy? And I was like, to change into a better person. She's like, why do you want to change? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, there you go. Like, don't you don't need to change. You just need to accept mm. who you are and mm. make choices that better yourself as opposed to put yourself in a worse position. And I was like, whoa. Uh, so, like, that's how I live now. And then I say in the book, I think it's at the end. I'm like, this doesn't have to be just about bikinis. This can be about any hurdle in your life. If you like want to be an animator, but you're like, I don't, I don't think I'm good enough. It's like, I don't know. That's what you want to be. So go try to do it. Like, don't worry if you're good enough. You are, mm-hmm. you are good enough. The Nicole Byer church of you are good enough. Yeah. What would you play at the church? What kind of music? Oh, probably a lot of Megan the stallion. A lot of Doja Cat, some Beyonce. Thanks again to Nicole Byer. There's a new season of Nailed It on Netflix right now. Also, Nicole's book is out. It's called Hashtag Very Fat, Hashtag Very Brave. The Fat Girl's Guide to Being Hashtag Brave and Not a Dejected, Melancholy, Down in the Dumps, Weeping Fat Girl in a Bikini. All right, before we go, have a favor to ask. NPR's Invisibilia is out with a new season all about friendships, and they want to slide into your group chats. What do you only talk about with your closest friends? What are your guilty pleasures, your embarrassing sex dreams, that weird bump on your skin? Send a voice memo to invisibiliamail at npr.org. I-N-V-I-S-I-B-I-L-I-A-M-A-I-L at npr.org. Also, last thing, listeners, don't forget, we're back in your feed next Friday with another episode. And as you know, in those episodes, we love to hear from you sharing the best parts of your week. You can do that at any point throughout any week. Just record your voice onto your phone and send that file to me via email at samsanders at npr.org. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Till next time, be good to yourselves. I'm Sam Sanders. We'll talk soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Tired of not getting a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? 
With 24-7 live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.